BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben here with Henry. Thank you all so much for giving to our Patreon. Without you, we're absolutely nothing. Today's guest, my God, the reason that you love every single thing on Shudder is because of this man. We are speaking with Craig Angler, the general manager at Shudder. And uh, just thank God for what you do. Thanks for being here. Ah, thanks for having me. And you got to give a shout out to Sam Zimmerman and Emily Gatto, who also uh, help acquire everything. And and Nick Lazo, it's a whole team over there. So while oh, I can yeah. take credit for it, there's a great team and Sam is is at the forefront. And that's oh, yeah. the proper power of the CEO spreading it around. And because honestly, <laughs> you're the only CEO I can imagine having on our show that I don't want to immediately like dress down, be like, you are incorrect, sir. Where it's like, it seems at Shudder, you guys run a really good ship. Thank you. Thank you. It's a great team. I love I love working there. I love the content and I love the team. And the team kind of loves what we do and sharing it with people. So there, there's a lot of love and shudder for a horror streaming well, <laughs> service. It, this isn't a Zoom meeting where you're speaking with uh, potential uh, people that do finance. So we don't we care. have no money. We, we want to talk about issue. blood and guts <laughs> and streaming. So what when you're searching for the great horror movie that's going to stand out on shutter there's so many horror options paranormal gore what ufo what are you looking for what's the thing that stands out that you want to see in a horror film i'm going to give you two answers to that question the first answer is that everybody always loves a legit scary movie so we are always on the lookout for something that is scary and it doesn't have to be jump scare scary but it you know it could be dread scary yes scary is always top of the list because you know horror watching a horror movie is like getting on a roller coaster you know you want to be scared and then you want to you know come in at the end and you can walk away and you're fine just like a good mushroom trip kind of peak and then slowly come (laughs) down and then sometimes it's good to have eight or nine boobies on the roller coaster <laughs> as well. And I'll see some penises if, if you can throw them in there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, you should go watch Violation. Um, yes. Then the other thing is we're always looking for the the movie, a movie that has like a point of view and is the best version of itself that it can be. And sometimes that's crazy over the top, the sadness or mad God, or mm-hmm. sometimes it's Watcher, right? Which is a modern mm-hmm. thriller that is just impeccably made. So, you know, there's a variety of stuff in the horror genre. There's comedy, there's paranormal, there's slasher. We are looking for the things that are sort of the best version of themselves that they can be. Right. You also do such a good job of cultivating the international mm, like yes. end of horror because I feel like obviously Indonesia has a massive 
horror scene. Uh, uh, South Korea, they like all these mm-hmm. Korean films are also really fantastic. And I love how deep the cuts go on Shutter. Like, how do you find those guys? Are those like do when you guys when you say you look for these things? Like, do you go and watch stuff like in a movie theater or like or you see stuff like at film festivals and you just go like mostly that it's thing. film festivals mm-hmm. or we're getting links from people. You know, it's very rare that we'll see something that is already in a theater somewhere because yeah. it's already been distributed. Um, although I cannot remember how we got this one, but I think one kind of the dead, which was made for like $60,000, so $30 million in Japan, probably had a, I think, I think it probably had a release before it got to us, but you know, we're seeing these things and, you know, sometimes other people are seeing them and they just don't think that they'll do well. Right. You know, and sometimes, uh, non-English language movies can be a barrier if your primary audience is, you know, English language speaking. A lot of times people think that they, you know, don't want to read subtitles, even though if they watch it for five minutes, they'd forget they were even, you know, Absolutely. reading subtitles. It's just because they're I, lazy, honestly. It's just well, it's it's sheer also, laziness. Well, it's also don't. just the fear of the unknown, right? Which is the irony of horror where we're supposed to explore the unknown. In this case, that might be subtitles. But I, I, it reminds me of the film I Saw the Devil, which subtitles but my god talk about horrifying to your core what is it about a movie that transcends even the language because there's something about horror that i think all of us love it's so visceral you see it they show not tell for the most part when it's uh, done the way that i like it what is that sort of special sauce that makes a movie jump out from the screen and just get into your freaking bones Well, you know, what's interesting is if you look at horror across cultures, horror is universal, right? What scares us is universal and and it's it's very common, right? So one of the things that's really interesting is like one of the reasons humans are scared of zombies, right, is because they look like they're full of disease and decay. Mm -hmm. And like when we were, you know, running around, you know, before we had civilization, if somebody came near you and they looked diseased, you had to get away from them, right? (laughs) Otherwise, yeah, in 2020 and 2021, yeah, we know. So we yeah, yeah. So we have all of these innate fears that they cross geography, they cross, you know, cross culture, they cross language. So I think horror kind of quote unquote travels well, right, around mm. the world because you can see without understanding the language if somebody is scared or not. And you can well, see if something is scary. So it, and it's, it's the imagery, there was one you guys just did. There was a movie you guys just put out that some of the it is, I believe, an Indonesian film that I saw that was the it's just the imagery itself. I, that's what I kind of like about dipping into other cultures, horror films, because mm-hmm. you kind of see what they also like. What yes. is their version of a ghost? Like, you know, right. when I first time I saw Pulse or The Grudge, like when you see the original and you're like, oh, that's a type of ghost I've never seen before. Now I'm fucked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, thanks. That's like a new thing in the bucket for me. Well, even like, you know, the ring, like you wouldn't think like some woman with long hair, you know, crawling out of TV. Like if you describe that to someone, you wouldn't necessarily think that's scary. But then when they I show mean, it, you're like, oh, my God, that's the most terrifying thing I've seen. If you describe it to me on a lonely night after I've had a bottle of Jameson, I'll still have sex with that woman. And uh, <laughs> she want to go back in the TV. So you got to flip it and you got to reverse it. It was warning. Do not play. Oh, Warning okay, on sure. Play was a really good film. Um, guy, ask a little. This is a Chris Farley like question from the Chris Farley show from Saturday Night Live. Um, what's Phil Tippett like? Uh, I have so never. For those, you never had an him directly. I have talked to on the on yeah. the show. I've been endlessly pontificating about Mad God. 
right? And about how Mad, oh, God, Mad God is amazing. Blew my fucking mind. I was so excited to have it. It's my wife can't watch it. My wife can't do it. It's like that and the um the Wolf's House or movies that she can't see because she doesn't like the animation. It yeah. creeps her out. But it was like, I know, like, what was it like? Just Because in my mind, because with Mad God, that dude was walking around with thir- for 30 years yeah, with that 30 shit years. playing in the back of his head. What is that like? Mm. Were you like, did you meet him? Like, so no, you never got I, to meet I him. did not meet Phil. You know, what happened is, so Mad God, um, had, the team had been aware of it. And then um, I can't remember why, like, we didn't quite close the deal. And then I saw something. I, I didn't know that they'd seen it. And I saw something, something written about it. And it was like, Phil Tibbet has been working on this for 30 years. And I thought, oh my God, we have to have that. Because right. whether it's good or bad or somewhere in between, people are going to want to see it. You know yeah. what I mean? Just You just hear that story and you're like, I got to see this movie. Well, it's a man's legacy, it sounds yeah. like. Well, it's like reading a book too. It felt like it's that thick. Yeah. There's, there's, I've watched it three times and you just keep coming back to it. And just like, there's so much to it. And uh, so we, we we got it and we we also put that movie in theaters, believe it or yeah. not, because sometimes we put movies in theaters and it's done incredibly well on the sort of art house theater circuit, probably yeah. far better than anyone thought it would be. But I never met Phil, but then I watched, there was that like ILM documentary on Disney Plus <laughs> and I watched it and they've got a young Phil <laughs> talking and I was like, this is amazing. So uh, hopefully, you know, I think I've been on a couple emails with him, but I've never met him in person. I would love to. Um, and you know, Mad God was great. And then, you know, we do this thing every year. We call it the Gulag. It's like mm-hmm. our version of the Ulog, yeah. where we have like a streaming jack-o'-lantern that you can put on your TV yeah. 24-7 for Halloween. And it's funny because people watch it thinking it's a movie and they're like, nothing happens. And we're like, no, it's just, <laughs> it's just background to put on your TV. People but, are so um, bored. Like, we just, called them oh, I'll watch that said, for hours. I love those things. Take <laughs> we, some acid and be like, did it change? It's like when I used to watch SportsCenter growing up and try to figure out if it was still the replay. And be like, I think it's a little different this time. It's like, no, it's the same thing. We called them and said, do you guys want to do a gulag for us? And they got the concept right away and they said, yeah. And then they just went and made probably the best one that'll ever be made. Although I love them all in their own way and stuff happens in it, but you know, it's got this like gnarly furnace with this face on it. And then this p- pumpkin that gets carved by these little creatures awesome. and, and stuff in it. And it's amazing. So, you know, and they did that like super quickly and, you know, so not only do we have Mad God, but we have Gulag, the Mad God edition, which yes. is, <laughs> man, I just, oh, for some reason, tongue. I figured that Phil Tippett would like only talk by like scroll. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I thought you'd have to go like find him at his house or like, and then you find out it's like when you go, what's his name? Uh, the guy did uh, like Giger. Like if oh, you yeah, went yeah. to Giger's house where apparently you're expecting it to be a sex dungeon, but he's like, do you want a Keurig? And you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. Like, you like shit. <laughs> from your grave. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Now you can stream the live TV you love for just 40 bucks a month with Sling TV. Get your favorite channels and shows for the best price. 
If you want live sports, Sling has all the football playoffs and pro and college basketball. Stay up to date with breaking news from around the world with MSNBC, CNN, and Fox News. Sling also has reality, TV, popular entertainment, kid shows, and more. Sling costs almost half as much as other live TV providers, so you can watch more and pay less. Sling is easy. Sign up in minutes, stream at home or on the go on up to three devices, and record up to 50 hours with included DVR space. Get flexible channel lineups that put you in control. Pause, change, or cancel your service at any time. You'll never get locked into a long-term contract. Check out Sling.com for special offers. Sling, the live TV you love for a price you'll love. Last podcast on the left is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Thanks, Squarespace! With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website, all on your own terms. Don't let anybody tell you what to do. This ain't your mama's website platform. It is, actually. It's actually be very easy for your mother to learn. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine. It's a next-generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. I thought it was just the name of what my blood pressure medication turned me into. I'm, I'm peeing. Now, my goals for the year are I have two warehouses filled with horse picks. Now, I know a lot of people, uh, obviously this bit has been done, but the Zendaya centaur picks are not going anywhere. And I've been trying to get the Judge Reinhold sitting on the Clydesdale line out. Uh, I need these moved, okay, because I have to move into the storage unit. Let's just say there are problems at home. So I need Squarespace to shoot this through the roof for me this year. And that's why I'm going to go full tilt. And not only are you going to get the Judge Reinhold sitting on the Clydesdale entire series, clothes and non-clothes, what we also are going to offer, and I mean this, we're trying to get into draft rides. I brought this up the other day. We got to start riding other animals but horses. Take pictures of the horses. Photoshop the horses into other celebrities, but stop riding them. Save a horse. Ride a giraffe with Squarespace. Go head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com. Well, you mentioned how, uh, you know, the art house theaters, they support a lot of horror. Obviously, theaters have been going through a lot of struggles right now with the pandemic and everything like that. It's starting to come back. But it seems to me like horror, that genre has always been so perfect for viewing with others. Oh, and absolutely. I think that horror is one of the one of the genres that is supporting movies, uh, theaters, and people still want to get out of their house and watch it with people. Do you think there's something about just communal fear and if there are more people that are there, the less you are personally scared. Like we had a great out I'm, paranormal activity, for example. Yes. That was a fantastic movie to watch with others because people pe freak out. They yeah. were freaking out. You know, I heard Terrifier, too, which I'm going to see this weekend. Uh, people are getting sick. What is it about the communal aspect of horror? Because you would think it would be. It, that's why the community is so awesome, yeah. because everyone's so tight knit because we're all scared shitless together. You know, it, it's it's kind of fun to be in it together, right? You know, there's this kind of yeah. thesis that like horror movies are very cathartic, right? You go through some trauma, but then you come out of it at the end and you're, you know, 
you're uh, living this, you know, sort of in this fear, but then it's all fine and good. So you almost feel like better about, oh, I lived, I survived, I made it. Right. And I think it's it's fun to go through that with other people. You know, I think I, I remember we saw, um, unfortunately, we couldn't buy the film for, we ended up not being able to buy it for Shutter, but I saw the Night House uh, yeah. screening at Sundance and I was <laughs> sitting next to Sam Zimmerman, who's our VP of programming and our curator. And Sam has seen every movie ever made, every horror movie, like far more than I have. And like at one point, I was sitting here. I, I I was sitting watching the movie with like my my hands over my face, yeah, like, like a kid tense. again. Yeah, yeah. And then there was this really good scary moment, and then Sam next to me screamed. He went, ah! and I was like, <laughs> oh my god, that was the best moment of watching a horror movie at Sundance. Was sitting next to someone who's also a horror fan who's so scared he's screaming. And Sam will will freely admit that he does get scared, and you know he screams. But but you know it's that sort of you know. Like, oh, not only are we in it together, but well, at least he's more scared than I am. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, absolutely. One day I want to talk with him, too, because I'm the same way. I am a horror. I watch it all. Everything that comes out, I watch every single horror movie. And I'm constantly, sir, I am been on the look for that dragon. I've been chasing it for so long, trying to get scared again. Like, what's the last thing that you saw that really scared the shit out of you? Well, the night house was one, and that was because I saw it midnight at Sundance. That's the one I remember the and most. And you're like half in the bag, and you're kind of scared, just in general. Mostly, I was just tired, to be honest with you, because yeah, I come from yeah. the East Coast and I go to bed oh. early. So I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god, it's like two in the morning for me." I'm terrified and sleepy at the same time. Yeah. Um, actually, you know, so we we have this movie. It's a horror comedy, Deadstream. Which, yeah, if Deadstream you, if, was yeah. great. Yeah, that's true. But it was legit. Like I was like very tense in moments, you know, even though it's a comedy and we know it's a comedy. Right. Like when you watch that movie, it's that great combo of it's kind of scary and it's funny. It's a little bit, you know, like Evil Dead esque. Right. You know, it's it's and I I thought that combination was was killer. And uh, uh, Joseph and Vanessa Winters, who uh, wrote She's the Director, He's the Star. um, I think they co-directed as well. Um, they just killed it. They did such a good job. And then they have that segment to Helen back in uh, VHS 99, which I also love and thought was scary. And what a great premise there. We're literally going to take the audience to hell. You guys have been making really good choices. VHS 94 was fantastic. Deadstream is really good because again, what I loved about Deadstream was that, you know, the one thing about horror movies and all of us that are obsessed with horror movies is that there are tropes, there are systems, there are steps that movies certain go through. Like, you can watch it. You're like, that's a, all right, this is a haunted house, but with like, you know, like these elements and you kind of know how it's going to go, how it plays out. What I love about Deadstream is that it's just walking chest first into <laughs> yeah. the, the, the being like, yes, this is an asshole who's asking for it. It's the whole point. And then we're just going to watch him just get torn to shreds which is exactly what you want and of course asshole who's asking for it is one thing i've searched a time or two (laughs) i forget what they called it It was like the wheel of stupidity right where he has to spin it and do something dumb and it kind of like leapfrogs the oh my god that person's gonna is doing something stupid i would never do that but oh this person is supposed to be doing something stupid right so it really kind of takes the tropes and subverts them a little bit, which I thought was really smart. Yeah. Well, you mentioned horror and comedy, and that's one thing that with last podcast on the left, uh, you know, we were one of the first pioneers. That's just a, that's a fact which is true uh, when crime. it comes to like horror true and true and crime. Yeah. And obviously last podcast on the left based on last house on the left, uh, you know, talked about a lot of horror films and things like that. Why is it so difficult to put a thumb on what it is? Because for us, you know, we created true crime, horror comedy, but in a podcast form, but like Evil Dead, 
like Dead Alive, like these films that you gutturally laugh at, even like Leprechaun. It was it's difficult to pin down what genre it is because comedy and horror, mm-hmm. you have an audience member. We all experience that. We're like, I'm not laughing. These guys aren't going to be funny. And you crack them because you make them laugh. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to be scared. Ah, I'm tough guy, whatever. And you crack them. You make them scared. What is that marriage between horror and comedy that just makes it work so well together? You know, Joe Hill, who's the son of Stephen yes, King of and a great uh, horror author in his own right, um, he always talks about how comedy and horror, like humor and horror, are the flip side of the same coin. Right. right? So, like, they're very similar emotions. They're very adjacent to one another. And I think that if you can crack it, like Shaun of the Dead, yes, it works wonderfully well. On the flip side, if you can't crack it, it tends to not work. You know, it's like two things aren't working at once. But it, I mean, it is legitimately hard to do something that is both funny and scary. But if you're able to do it, it kind of transcends. It's kind of like where one and one make three. You know, it's yes. like horror and comedy make some, you know, make a horror comedy, but it's better than just horror and comedy. Because it has to be 50% scary. It has yeah. to be scary. Oh, it has to and be scary. To, and then the comedy has to be funny, which are both yes. extremely difficult. Because right. what I do think is interesting, though, is that now we're seeing with the Halloween series, more and more comedians are jumping into the pool to do horror-based yeah. content, which like genuine horror, which I find mm-hmm. really interesting because I get, I think it's also horror, like comedy is very reliant. Well, the medium, when you watch it, is very reliant on timing. Yeah. And of course, really a, a lot of that happens in the editing room. I wonder if you could maybe explain, you know, in post when it comes to these films. I know with the original Halloween, they had the showing, no one liked it. And then John Carpenter added the score, added uh, the score. And they're like, this is pretty scary. This is awesome. There's, yeah. And that's just another element that, you know, music, the background, uh, those things really happen after a film is shot. And there's, I mean, you don't really know what you got until the very, very end, I guess. No, I mean, there's, there's, there's sort of saying is there's like, there's three versions of the film. There's the one you write in the script, the one you shoot, and then the one you, you create in the edit room. Right. And I think especially in horror, but in all films, uh, sound, sound effects and, and music are wonderful. You know, I often wonder in my mind, would Star Wars be Star Wars if it had a lame score you know because right. that i don't score, know i don't and know. i i think uh maybe it wouldn't have been so big and i think that score really helps so much you know it kind of literally announces you know star wars and darth vader and you know all the famous you know jaws you know would jaws be jaws without Dada? you know um right. but sound uh sound plays a huge role both in music and also i think i read in hereditary one mm. of the things they did um to kind of keep people off balance is they use different instruments to mimic a, an instrument, but not be the same one. So you always knew it was off. So like you think you're hearing a violin. I, I can't remember the exact. So someone yeah. don't, don't get mad at me. No, I was extremely stuff. nervous but, yeah. and, and uncomfortable that entire time. So I believe it. And uh, when I read that, I thought, Oh my God, that's genius. You know, you're, you're mimicking instruments with other instruments and it gives us this subtle sense of unease not that nothing else in that. I mean, that whole movie is just oh, a study so in making you uneasy, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. But, um, you know, once they said that, I was like, oh, that's perfect. You know, we don't typically get involved too, too much uh, in in the post unless we're, we're building, building movie from the ground up. So yeah. all credit, like all credit in Deadstream goes to uh, Vanessa and Joseph uh, and Melanie, who plays Chrissy, who is also amazing in that film. So. Very good. Live from your grave. 
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. So during quarantine, obviously, we were all low-level scared as it was, right? It was a shitty time. Um, and I, but it was also very difficult, I think, for movies to get made. People couldn't figure mm-hmm. out how to crack it. But you guys, again, where you guys stood out ahead of the pack of everybody else, is that you did the only scary Zoom movie, which was Host. host. It was like, yeah, I also liked so Unfriended. Good, I, I did, back in the day, I liked Unfriended. It did Unfriended make me good. Scared. But Host took it to a different level. How did you guys get host? Did you guys like pitch it to somebody else? Did they come in? Did someone come up with like, like, how did that end up there? Because that was the perfect movie for the time. Yeah. Um, Host was, so we're always on Twitter and Reddit and everywhere else, like sort of keeping track of what everybody's talking about. And one day I was on Twitter and I saw uh, Rob Savage, who directed Host, had put this prank video where he pretended to be on Zoom with his friend investigating a noise in the attic. And then he climbs up in the attic. He turns the camera for just a second. You see some sort of some kind of entity. And it looks like he falls to his death. And he freaked his friends out. And it was two minutes. And they put it on, on Twitter. And we have a, a channel where we're always talking to each other on chat uh, at Shutter mm-hmm. if we see interesting stuff. And I threw it in the chat and said, hey, did anyone see this? And then uh, Nick Lazo, who works on our development, said, oh, we know the director, Rob Savage. And I said, ask them if they have a feature version of that film. Wow. And they came back to us. They had a, they had a six-page deck. But literally, they sold us on the words Zoom seance, right? As soon as they said Zoom seance, you can picture how that movie can play out, especially because yeah. we're all trapped on Zoom. Um, and, and they had a really good, you know, they had sort of some twists and some turns in there that were really unexpected. And we said, okay, and they wrote, shot, produced that movie, and we had it on the service in three months from the time we pressed go. And they, first of all, they absolutely killed it. I mean, that is a movie for the ages. But I remember I watched the rough cut, and I was thinking to myself, is this as good as I think it is? Or just because, like, we're all stuck in our homes Zooming? So I I was chatting, you know, with Nick and Sam and Emily, and I said, you know, is this as good as I think it is? And they wrote back, yes. You know, we had almost no comments on it whatsoever. And I think they ignored the comments we didn't have anyway. So that was fine. And then yeah. then we got the movie on. And the crazy thing about that movie, I love this story, is we had the movie on the service before we had the trailer because they couldn't get the trailer done because they were so busy making the movie. And we wow. had this deadline to hit. And then it became a phenomenon. In fact, I'm sad for host because I feel like, you know, we put movies out in theaters. I feel like if we had put host in theaters, it would have been a paranormal activity, right? Yeah. I think it would have gone 
big, but nobody was, you know, that was the time of the pandemic where theaters were shut down. So, you know, it did get a limited theatrical run in the UK. um, But I really, I sort of feel like I really wish we could put that movie in theaters. But that was all really Rob Savage posting this thing. Then we saw them, you know, met them. And then they had this great idea and we said, do it. So all credit to them. Yeah, it'd be like that's honestly, yeah. if you did show it theatrically, obviously I'm one of those. I believe that all movies should be seen in movie theaters. I think you should, that's the best way to see them. I have a huge ash television. I still sit like three feet from, so I yeah. feel like I'm in a movie theater. But that's and the he only eats a movie lot I've of popcorn seen. and he I burps do. and he's he's looking at yeah. his cell phone the whole time. Horrible, covered yeah, covered. But I love that movie because it's the only movie I've seen that's genuinely scarier on the computer. Yes. Yes. If you watch it on a laptop, you feel like you're part of it. But you know, that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier with horror finding a way during the pandemic. I think it was a net negative for art for it all sucked. (laughs) You know, artists, uh, it It was was just, it was just very difficult, but for that specific time in our history for a movie like that to come out right when it did, I mean, it filled that void and we they found the horror. They found what scares us during yep. that very unique moment. And I think that's one of the powers of the genre as a whole. Yes. No matter what the situation, they can it, it finds a way to, you know, remind us of what we're truly scared of. Well, what's really interesting is, is uh, when the pandemic came out, we had this movie called Blood Quantum. Um, Blood Quantum is a movie about a virus that turns people into zombies, but there's... Um, uh, indigenous people on a reservation and the, they are immune. So there, be, there comes this whole sort of who do we let in and stuff. It was very emblematic of what was going on yes. at the time, right? You know, who do you let in your house? Who do you not? Mm-hmm. And that movie took off for us. And even though we had originally planned to release it theatrically and we couldn't because theaters were closed, you know, we put it on, on Shutter and it became one of the most watched movies in our history. And also the number one request we got the the first month of the lockdown was, do you have any pandemic movies? You know, they were asked, you know, people wanted to, because it's, it's a really interesting, again, it goes back to this catharsis that horror provides to people. Like I want to watch a pandemic movie so I can experience this and the trauma, but then I can come back and be safe, relatively speaking. And I think also Uh, there's something with the horror audience as opposed to many other, you know, not no dissing on people who like rom-coms, but it's not working out. No, uh, he's man. not yeah. a good guy. He's not a doctor. Uh, he's a scumbag. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's <laughs> never <laughs> happening. So I think there's something with horror audiences that they confront and yeah. they look at it and they don't run from it. And I feel like that's a really powerful, powerful way to go through life, although it's hard. Yeah, 100 percent. I think that that people face their fears on in through movies and it's awesome. Absolutely. Uh, I want to ask, OK, we've had it was Vampires with Twilight, right? Vampires was a thing. Fucking, uh, we got uh, zombies, right? Everybody's got zombies, blah, blah, blah. But zombies, we've seen a million times, right? What's next? What's the next monster on Great the horizon? Question. Great question. I What's think next? we What's talk a lot about a needing a really good werewolf movie. Yep. Yes, please, God. Um, good one. And, Ginger Snaps is like the, still oh, like the, of fantastic. the modern horror films of modern werewolf movies. It's still like one of my favorite. Um, and we also talk about witches, Witches, I think are making a comeback now, you know, obviously the witch was a big hit, uh, but I think that like, sort of, you know, that like, um, oh my God, what was that? Like, it was like a made for TV movie where like, like, you know, your neighbors were like in a witch coven or so, you know, like, or like race with the devil, you know, that type of, like, I think we really need a good, like, I agree, witch coven, Satanist, you know, revival, Uh, you know, we've, 
we've had a couple of things that were close on that didn't quite work out for that. But I really think like a great witch movie. And again, kind of you kind of have to say post the witch witch movie because the witch obviously yes. kind of had right. this moment in time. But well, you also had Hagazusa. Oh, which true. is yeah. also fucking awesome. But Hagazusa, <laughs> have you seen Hagazusa? <laughs> no, like, Hagazusa is one of those nuts. I mean, I don't know how you feel about this, but it is a great, you rip a bong and you just live in Hagazusa. <laughs> like, cause it is about all, it's all atmosphere. It's yes, very, very, very atmospheric. I love the poster too. I love that, that skull. And I, I really have to get that one framed for my office. Uh, we were discussing a little bit before the show, they live. I could also go ah, for yeah. a new version of they live as Henry has his obey, uh, you know, slogan over the sheer microphone yep. he's supposed to be advertising. Uh, <laughs> something about corporatism, something about the manipulation of media, because that was another thing all of us were forced to ingest during these two years, uh, these past two years or three years, I guess, uh, when we were quarantined and all that stuff, where we were living exclusively online. Uh, to be patriotic was to order Uber Eats. You know, <sighs> that that kind of corporatism and that kind of poison that they've been putting into our society that's another one i would love to see a, yeah. a much smarter person than me write and just kind of get a they live too with uh, the rock as roddy roddy piper this time you know what i'd also like to see is a really good i don't know if a remake because the movie's so good but like a prince of dark a modern prince of darkness because that yeah. movie and also by the way i discovered something about myself is that i love like isolation horror and i think prince of darkness counts right because they're sort of isolated in the yeah. church Right. Oh, yeah. um, but I love a good isolation horror. And I also, you know, love a good, you know, Satan swirling around and sort of green goo, you know, ready it's to be unleashed good. with messages from the future. So I, I would love to uh, see something like like Prince of Darkness. We got to chase that. I actually pretty certain I'm pretty certain that John Carpenter goes to my grocery store around. the corner. I'm pretty certain I've seen him <laughs> multiple times or somebody who looks just like him. And I'm, I'm going to grab him one day. Buddy, just hang out, out by the avocados. Hang out yeah. by the avocados for eight hours a day because, you know, he's an avocado guy. I can just yes. see him being an avocado guy. Look at his You'll sheen. See, I, he's got very wet hair. Um, Do you guys know if you watch a Shutter movie and the logo comes on, there's that doo-doo. That John Carpenter yeah. composed that, and our little audio bug is a portion of that theme. Very cool. It is. You got and, and go go go. Just you know, shutter John Carpenter YouTube, and you'll get the the whole track that he did. It's fucking awesome. I, now I just want to start pitching you movies. I had an idea that I sent to Henry. I almost want to pitch it right now. Make you a want to pitch you pitch your movie. Pitch okay, you a movie. Dude, hear on. me this out. Here's the log line. We got, we got Here's it right the log Craig Angler, a Make a Wish yeah. kid who asks players to throw games. And becomes a mafia kingpin. So his final wish is that they throw You're games. You're wasting this opportunity with no, this. No, this is a great idea. Because <clears throat> please throw the game for me. And then the player has to throw the game, right? And they're like, who's this Who's this kid, man? Who's, th who's this guy behind all these people throwing these games? Mafia kingpin. It's a dying kid with fucking cancer, bro. It's Jigsaw meets fucking cancer kid. I think it's a great idea, but I don't think it counts as horror. Think maybe you should oh, call God Netflix. Damn it. I also I, I can't believe I just got rejected call, on and my he'll own definitely Patreon call show. Netflix. He just goes one eight hundred Netflix, and he's gonna be like, "Mister Netflix, like can you pitch a movie? Can I do a picture movie? Um, I, I do genuinely have a good pumpkin head pitch. That one day I will pitch at you. I got ah, pumpkin heads, awesome. I want to do a pumpkin head three, but I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get through the proper Didn't channel. Did they make three of them? No, two. Oh, they only made two. They, they only made two, but I got I have an idea. But I'm saving for that for when I'm in All front right, of you in it. a room wow. so you can smell my deodorant. The Dude, rejection still stings, uh, even yes. to this day. Yes, it should. Wow. 
Thank you so much for talking to us, man. Absolutely. It was so, totally fun. Anytime yes. we could talk about, you know, getting high and watching Hagazooza is a good time. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And we're going to keep pushing the, the good word of Shudder to everybody who will hear me. Joe Bob in Last Drive-In is also the, one of the best decisions that you guys made. And it is awesome. fucking we fantastic. Love, we love, yeah, we love Joe, Joe Bob, Bob is so Darcy, fun. Darcy's a uh, rock star. And to, continue, and to continue to pitch, if you need us for anything, we'll always sit down and blab about horror films. So. Work for awesome. we, had, we had a great time uh, doing that previously. So thank Dude, you so much, thank Craig you. Engler. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Thank you, Craig. Live from your grave. All right, everyone. There it was, our conversation with Craig Engler. It burns. It burns. I think my mafia kingpin idea is good. Yeah, the maybe thing it's not is, horror, is that if you had just cleared it with me beforehand, it's not horror. That's not a horror film. I that's know. A, well, I that's just a wanted to get it out. Movie. Yeah, it's a heist. Whatever it is. I, I was have rejected. so many other ideas. There's so many other things we could have told him. Well, you know what? We didn't, did we? We well, did. we fucking didn't, did we? We, we fucking didn't. And this is why. <laughs> this is why we're here. No, we're doing well. No, we're fine. Um, thank you all so much for listening. That was awesome. I just was once once again, horror is simply the best. I just love he, it. Uh, he knows what he's doing too. What I again, does. shutter. What that's the again. What I said at the top of the interview is like if you're going to talk to anybody that's a fucking head of a network that you could actually say you're doing a good job, they're the only ones doing it. It's shutter, they, and, it, and we, the we ones, were we're getting no money for this, and they maintained it. They maintained yes. it because. God, all these other, uh, whatever. Anyway, everyone, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, anything else? I think that's about it. That's it. Release them. Release the people. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Magustulations, everybody. Take care of yourselves. Have fun. Tax soon. <laughs> How exciting for them. <laughs> this show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.